You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Hello and welcome back to Surf Splendor. I am your host, David Scales. New episode of Surf News for December 12th, 2016 with my co-host, Scott Bass. Thank you for your feedback from last week's episode. Nothing but positive feedback, actually, about that slightly amended format. Um, The first 30 minutes of the show were a proper profile piece interview. And then the second 30 minutes of the show, I basically just did a monologue, a... um, a one-man pre-pipe master's analysis, if you will. So uh, nothing but good feedback about that. So I think I'm going to try to introduce a similar format to that moving forward in 2017 with either event recaps or pre-event analysis shows. Or maybe it'll be a little of both. Um, A recap of the previous event that just took place and then an analysis of what's to come. I think that might be the best format to introduce for next year, in addition to the formats that you're already used to. Anyway, the Pipe Trials actually just wrapped up today, and the first and second place in that event are first place, actually, Finn McGill, young North Shore surfer, and then second place, Gavin Beshin, longtime North Shore surfer, originally from San Clemente. So a little bit of the old, a little bit of the new. Should be interesting to see how they fit in to the rest of the world tour. And the other two wildcard spots are going to Bruce Irons and Frederico Morais. So interesting. Hopefully we'll get a run for day one starting tomorrow. Looks like there's a bit of swell on tap for most of the day that's going to taper off in the afternoon. But be nice if we can get a run on that event and be nice if the waves are better than they were today for the trials event. At any rate, by the time you've listened to this, perhaps you already know all that information. Um, you can find everything that Scott and I discuss in today's show on surfsplendorpodcast.com. Also, feel free to lock in your fantasy team and send in a wager if you're interested and you haven't done that already. The way that you can play along is on um, fantasysurfer.com, and then we have all the details for how to play along and how to wager on surfsplendorpodcast.com. You can also send us a donation. This show exists with your generosity. So feel free to drop in a uh, holiday donation. And then the last order of business is just to remind you that we're on social media at surf splendor on Instagram and facebook.com forward slash surf splendor. All right, that's it for now. I'll be back at the end of the show to sign us off until then. Enjoy my conversation with Mr. Scott Bass. Yeah, guy. Yeah, friggin' guy. <clears throat> yeah, guy, what are the waves like, bro? Huh? Terrible, actually. <laughs> yeah, guy, what's up, Scott? Down the Line Surf Talk podcast. Scott Bass, David Lee Scales with you on this Monday, December 12th. We're all waiting for the Pipeline Masters event to kick off, and um, the waves here in Southern California have been horrible. And David, good morning. Morning, Scott. Yeah, I'm struggling right now with no waves. Well, um, here's the deal. There's not going to be any surf for a long time. Really? Yeah. I mean, 
you know, when I say long time, I mean in Southern California, say from Point Conception down, we're probably not going to see any significant swell for at least 10 days. What? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Now, there might be some wind swell that comes with some a storm system that might sure. a locally produce wind event that yeah. might happen even like Friday, but it's just going to be hideous yeah. 20 knot onshore wind and three foot, four foot wind swell at four seconds, you know. Desperate times call for desperate <clears throat> measures, dude. Yeah. It's getting there. I, yeah. I honestly like don't know what to do with myself. I've got latent energy that can't be expelled in any other way. Like I've been going to yoga and like trying to do a bunch of other stuff and that's good, but I need to get in the water. Well, you know what? It's a snowboarding winter, I think, mm. quite frankly. At least this December is a snowboarding December because there's tons of snow. Not tons, but they've been getting a good amount of snow in Mammoth and Tahoe and, and everywhere north of there and in yeah. Utah. And so, yeah, that's been on my radar a little bit, snowboarding. But I do know what you mean. There's been a lot of pent-up, you know, I got to get out and exercise. Totally. And just get in the water, you know, cold water you just get used to it. Yeah. Um, not the coldness of it, but just the kind of refreshing snap to your, you know, your, I don't know, well, state of being. Yeah. I mean, we all like to rinse off the stress. And, you know, this conversation is sort of relevant to our Southern California listeners only, but, or actually, I guess for all of California and, and, you know, even Hawaii. But what's happened is, as many know, we're in a sort of a, modest La Nina, mm -hmm. which means that we have really strong trade winds, which are blowing cold water over the Western equatorial grid, which is, well, I don't want to get too technical. Let's just say it's kind of, you know, over the West Pacific, a La Nina, cool water temperature, which just doesn't fuel the upper atmosphere, which is what creates low pressure systems, which in turn, Creates storms and wind and wind fetch over a large area, which is going to produce long period swell for us on the okay. California coast. So that La Nina and the fact that there's also as a as a byproduct of La Nina, there's a lot of high pressure that's set up over the northeastern Pacific, and that store that steers the jet stream way up north. We've got what they call a polar jet, so we've got a really cold and high jet stream, the upper level winds which are about 30,000 feet which are what creates the low pressure on the surface those are way up high up into Canada and into the Arctic and once they get over the North American continent they sort of start to slide down into California so we're getting a lot of wind and weather in the northwest Pacific and that brings down snow into Tahoe and, and into Mammoth and stuff but no Fetch producing surf. Well, good time to diversify your skill set, I suppose. Was that too scientific or did I? No, no, no. People did, dig it. Did everyone get bored out of their minds? There? People dig it. Um, well, uh, we should, by the way, mention that we're in the Surfing Heritage and Culture Center. Absolutely. Surfingheritage.org, surfing the Smithsonian of Surfing, is kind enough to allow us to use their library every two weeks so that Scott and I can use it as our home studio. Scott and I live an hour and a half apart. So this allows us to meet right in the middle, 45 minutes for each of us, and uh, bring you guys this show. So shout out to Surfing Heritage. You know, I just Center. walked back into the main sort of foyer, I guess, if you will, or the main hall mm -hmm. of the Surfing Heritage and Culture Center. And I was by myself in this really wide open room surrounded by 
all of those gorgeous surfboards, a, yeah. a timeline, historic timeline of surfboards. And it was, I took a moment, I stood and took it all in and just went, wow, it's quiet. There's nobody in here. And look at all of these surfboards. It was insane. Bask in the reverie. I was basking. Thank you. Bass was basking. <laughs> Bass was basking. Solid. By the way, dude, your comedy has reached new heights Uh-oh. lately. What I mean, I first of all, you named my hair the Chop Hop, which was amazing. But then I posted an Instagram of my tree, which was like leaning over at a 45-degree angle about to fall down. And you're like, oh, that's the Chop Hop of Christmas tree. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I was I was dying, dude. And then multiple people commented on it. We're like, that was hilarious. Yeah, man. So well done, dude. Yeah, You're really you. taking that you know joke like all the way, <laughs> milking it for, and it's great. It talk. hasn't even begun to be milked. We'll be <laughs> pulling it. at the udders for a long time. Bask. Or I'm <laughs> Bask. Uh, I don't know. Milking yeah. the teat of the chop hop. Yes. I like it. You got yes. emails or follow I do. up? Or I have an done? email. It says keep up the, oh, by the way, I want to Give a shout out to those listeners that have been donating. And we even have some that, uh, many actually, that have been um, doing a subscription based. We're asked, David and I are asking for $5 a month. A month. Yeah. And um, I see Mark Freeman, who's a good friend, <clears throat> excuse me, a good friend of the show. And Koa Pickering, who's a longtime listener. Both those guys, longtime listeners of the Downline podcast, have donated $5, are on a subscription. They've promised five dollars a month, and also our uh, players in the fantasy surf league. Both of those guys are. Oh, good. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, thank you guys for doing that. And I know David and I um, have been getting uh, donations as well. So we appreciate that and keeps the show going, dude. Yeah. Here's the deal. This is basically an experimental platform, and you and I have been experimenting with it for years and years and years an experiment in kind of a new media outlet for surfing. And these people are, are our principal investors. They are we need investors in this experiment to keep it going. And I bring so. that up because you mentioned we're an hour and a half away. I mean, we, oh, yeah. we produce this show. This show takes hours and hours and hours to produce just one hour of a show. And then we drive an hour and a half to get here to meet and we do it twice a week and we'd like to do it once a week, but you know, resources are limited we'll get there yeah and i know that david and i have some plans like to include um the listeners more uh in regards to the show content and how we do that we're going to break that stuff out probably later on maybe next show yeah regarding some other ideas that we have yeah uh but i got this email keep up the good work the surf podcast you and david are a great team exclamation point yeah here is my question I am planning on an Indo-surf trip in the Mentawise in July of 2017. Should I go by boat or by resort? And then he said, can you recommend a boat or a resort? Have you been there? Is it worth it? What's the crowd like, etc.? What are the five must-haves for a surf trip in the Mentawise? And I remember when you told a really funny story on the podcast years ago about a boat trip that you took where you were caught in a rip current and somehow you sneaked out and you jumped off the boat unnoticed and you were the first one in the lineup. I think such kinds of stories would make the pod even better. Thanks. Greetings from Germany. Wow. Alex. So Alex, a longtime listener, and he's got, um, he's sort of, it's a good kickoff, if you will, David, because I know you travel a lot. Uh, have you been to the Mentawise? No. Okay. But you go to Central America a lot, like twice a year, maybe. I mean, Central America, Europe, 
Hawaii, that sort of stuff, but never, never into. So he brings up sort of a broader subject, which is surf travel. And it's something that you and I have done extensively and we could probably touch on more. Yeah. And so um, to answer Alex's question, I have some um, suggestions, some must-haves for the Mentawise. This is actually the time of year when you're going to go to the Mentawise. You start to think about booking your trip for the Mentawise. For one, you got to save up for it. Two, you're thinking about boards. Three, right now it's flat, so you're geeking out on a surf trip. And you know you want to book the trip now so that you can get in because these trips do book up. It gets you know it can get booked up quick. So must-haves for the Mentawise for Alex. One of the things you have to have, and I think this goes for any trip, David, is a good book. One wow. book or two books? I was not expecting that. At least two. I would yeah, you got to have at least two good books, yeah, right? Sure. The, the flight to the Mentawise is 17 or 18 hours. Yeah. So, and then you're on a boat or a resort. You're going to need a couple books. So sure. a good book. The other thing for the Mentawise that you need is two of the same surfboard. Mm. Same exact board. You need a replica of it. I so, like it. Because you're going to break one. Yeah. And you need to have the backup. Mm -hmm. And for the Mentawise, you don't need a big surfboard. You're looking at two of your daily drivers. Whatever yeah. it is you ride every day in good waves. Yeah. You need two of those. And as far as a step up, you might bring a step up, but nothing too large. Like my step up is a 6'6 out there. Yeah. You don't need anything over seven feet for the Mentawise. When the waves are 10 feet, like it's a huge significant, massive, deep swell. A 6.6 six is going to be plenty because it's so clean. It's not like deep ocean sunset beach. It's like clean coming to you. Most of the waves, there are a few waves out there that require a little bit more board, but 6.6 six will be plenty sure. board. Uh, earplugs for sleeping. Oh, okay. Yeah, you need earplugs for sleeping. These are must-have things. Not Because the boat's loud or you're... You're rooming with guys who are potentially all of those, snoring. All of those Got things it. and more. Any noise which might keep you from a fine slumber. So earplugs. And another must-have. This might just be me being old. Yes. You got to have your own pillow. Yep, that's you being old for sure. Bring your own <laughs> pillow. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's a must-have. Good book, two of the same board, earplugs, and your own pillow. Those are my... <laughs> Four must-haves. Scott's extended 10-item list. Preparation H. Insure. All these oh, other, my all God. All old guy th Wow. <laughs> that was not cool. Just messing with you. You had to go there. Um, <laughs> Preparation H. No. But I do suggest those four things. Two good books, two of the same board, earplugs, and your own pillow. Those are must-haves. Okay. Look, you need other things. That's up to you. You might, like Dave said, he, you know, preparation age. Apparently, <laughs> Dave has this thing for preparation age. So, but okay, let me break it down. I know you got more to read off there, but yeah, take your those. Th no, those things apply to a lot of surf trips. They do. I think that your our listener is asking specifically to this surf region. Specifically, two of the same board. Okay. Yeah, and you know what? I hadn't really thought of doing that before. I've been on a number of surf trips. I bring a number of boards, but I never think about bringing two of the same. And here's another item you need for any surf trip. Okay. Must have for any surf trip. Low expectations of surf. Very true. That will help you have a good time no matter expect what. Expect waves of two to three feet. Yeah. And be excited for waves of two to three feet. Anything you get over that. You're psyched. You're psyched. It's yeah. all gravy. Yeah. Keep your expectations low. Yeah. And you will have a good time. Cool. I like it. Don't overpack for the mentalize. 
Just a this couple pairs of board shorts is all you need, right? Do not overpack. Yeah. I have here two pairs of board shorts, yeah. two pairs of walking shorts, four T-shirts, and a very light rain jacket. Yep. Boom. Yep. That's honestly one pair of walking shorts will get you through everything. That's true. Yeah. You know. They'll be stinky. But you're never going to so wear will them. So you and you're I just know. wearing trunks. The well, you only wear them for the airport transfers, yeah. like your day there and your day coming home. Yep. So those are must-haves, Alex. I like it for the mentalize. Let me ask you though, in regard to his questions about what are the crowds like, I, I feel like um, that's kind of a played-out surf destination. You know, like I, I would agree. love to go, and I haven't been, but I also feel like I'm late to the game, and I'd rather now go somewhere that's a little more, I don't know, less. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But if you have never been, you need to go and just go and experience it. And it might be crowded. It might not be. A lot of it depends on the time of year you go and what the season is like relative to how much swell there is. And really, the most important thing is the wind. If the wind is the right wind, all of the spots will be on and it will spread everyone out. If the wind's a hideous wind, which I want to say is a southeast wind, I could be wrong. But there's one wind out there that's just really bad and – all the boats go to one little area that kind of can handle the wind. Yeah. And that's a problem. So a lot of it is just like any spot, you mm-hmm. know. If yeah. the wind is good and the swells in the water, everywhere will be firing and it'll be light crowd yeah. at most spots. Very cool. Um, do you have more in that email? Because I've got an email. If um, No, I don't. Okay. Let me let me segue. Real I do quick. have plenty of mentalized stories that we can do in a later show. Okay, let me segue real quick to an email I got from Zach. Zach uh, said, "Dear David and Scott, I've been listening to Scott since he was doing the podcast as part of his radio show with Sam George as his co-host. I've been through Marty, Baldy, James Priberman, and another, and numerous other sidekicks, but the dynamic between you two is great. Thanks for so much for bringing this wonderful surf-centric contact to the." content to the web so east coasters like myself can stay abreast of the industry's going ons and some parking lot gossip that we wouldn't be privy to anywhere else i wanted to share a story with you since you were talking about dan bendixson on the last episode and david's interview with wayne rich i was living in north carolina in 2000 we were going to la to visit our friend in socal and a buddy of mine said hey you should call up danny He'd be happy to loan you a board, and you could duke it out with a crowd at Malibu. So I gave Dan Bendixson a call. I had I had never met him before, but my friend recommended him. And I went to the Santa Monica Fire Station, where he was the captain of one of the captains of the squad. This bear of a man shook my hand, gave me a hug, and then handed over the keys to his house. He directed me to his shaping room, and on the racks there was a gleaming brand new ten footer. I had no idea he was going to loan me a brand new surfboard. At any rate, the day at Malibu was magical, and I must have surfed for four hours. I returned the board and left him a thank you note, and he replied with a phone call to see how things went. Here's a guy I've never met in my life, and he shows me the most aloha I've ever experienced. I'll always remember his generosity, and I'll try to pay it forward by loaning boards to any of my friends that want to give it a try. Thanks again for giving us surf-crazed pod consumers the best podcast out there. Mahalo and aloha from Zach. Wow. What a great email, Zach. I'm glad you had such a great experience with Dan Bendixson. He's no longer with us. May he rest in peace. But um, what a cool story. Crazy, right? What a great guy. I know. I'm shocked to hear that. But again, rad that this podcast kind of connects the dots among like-minded individuals. I don't know much about Dan Bendixson, um, only what Wayne Rich tells me, which is 
that he was just a great guy and a great mentor in the shaping bay. Mm-hmm. And literally, that's it. Like, I don't, I haven't had any deep Bendixson stories from Wayne or anything. And maybe he shed more light on your podcast with him. I don't know. But was Dan Bendixson a fire chief? Apparently. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, mean, I didn't know that either. I th- and, and when did he pass away? Did Zach's e- email, is, he said it was in 2000? 2000, yeah. All right. Well, cool. So, yeah, I mean. It makes sense. All those guys end up being firemen. Yeah. So. Well, Dan, uh, or I mean, Wayne spoke incredibly reverently and lovingly about Dan and also said that Dan's wife was Wayne's uh, swim coach when Wayne was a kid. Oh, very cool. Yeah. 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 So. All right. Well, I yeah. know that um, that South Bay shaping. I mean, the, you know who else comes to mind is um, Joe Bark. Okay. I know Joe Bark was a was an LA County lifeguard. I believe. Yeah. I'm not sure which which uh, where he worked exactly. I think it was the LA County. Might have been city or something. I don't know. And his son's the paddleboard guy. Well, yeah. Joe, Joe Bark's the paddleboard guy. Joe right. Bark's the radical. Sh- and he was. And I've had some great Joe Bark surfboards. Yeah. All the guys at Lunata Bay used to ride the Joe Barks. You yeah. Know? And um, that same crew of guys would go down to Puerto Escondido with their Joe Bark guns. This is in like the late 80s, early 90s. And even into the, now, probably, I'm sure there's still guys riding Barks down there. Yeah. But um, And now his son, yeah, is like a real right. world champion paddleboarder. Right. Um, quick another detour. You mentioned needing earplugs for Indo. I've got kind of a tangential thing for you. Uh-oh. Actual... Surf Ears earplugs for you. Magnus from Surf Ears sent a package of plugs for you and for I to wear and to uh, to try out. Yeah, David has just handed me this really nice set of surfing earplugs that let sound in and keep water out from Magnus. Yeah. Well, thank you, Magnus. Magnus at Surf Ears. I have major ear issues. Do you? So, yeah. So. Yeah, so Magnus emailed me a while back, and he's like, dude, I'm a listener of the show. I know sometimes people send you guys product. You don't have to review it on the show. You don't even have to talk about it, but I just want to get it in your hands if you guys want to check it out. So um, here it is. We can review it later, obviously. Yeah, we will review it later. It says, uh, designed for water athletes, surf ears, earplugs, protect your ears without affecting hearing and balance. Yeah. With surf ears, you can hear your environment and hold a normal conversation with fellow surfers. And they prevent common issues like swimmer's ear, which is otitis, and surfer's ear, exostosis. Clearly designed with changeable parts, surf ears can be custom fit to your ears, providing great seal and comfort. Well, thank you, Magnus. We look forward to wearing these. That's that's uh, this It is, feels like Christmas. I know. And this is an updated design, too. They had surf ears like the 1.0 version. This is the brand new one, 2.0. Killer. So they're improved. Um, but you do have ear issues. I do, yeah. I've had ear issues forever. I mean, we all do, right? Right. I mean, who doesn't, it, right? It, but mine, obviously, and it just gets worse and worse. They get more and more closed. Uh, the calcium kind of bony growth from the cold water. Exostosis. Exactly. So, And mine just this past week kind of started closing up again. I don't know. I did something. Maybe just went in the water and they got clogged and it's just miserable, dude. There's nothing you could do about it. I have eardrops, but eardrops, by the way, are the most annoying Three times a day, tilt your head over, and then half of it drains out. Like, I don't feel like they actually do anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, the greatest problem that David and I suffer from regarding our ear issue is sloth, which is the, <laughs> which is the inability. Like, I forget or I'm too lazy, quite frankly, to put earplugs or eardrops in. It drives my wife crazy. And it, it, there's no excuse for it other than 
sloth, which is one of the seven deadly sins. <laughs> I also um, really embrace a number of the other seven deadly sins, too. Sloth is only one of them that I engage in. Oh, no. Um, What's, I'm really, what are I'm the really others? Good, I'm really good at gluttony. I'm oh, really yeah. pride. I know. You know what? Sad but true. It really is. Envy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm huge on when envy. you think about the seven deadly sins, yeah. those are character breakers. We need to, uh, you know what? We've recognized them, David, you and I, and we're going to do our best to improve upon our character by uh, not partaking. I feel like you're really envious of the chop hop oftentimes. And so that is one trait that you really need to work on. Here's what's sad. I'm not envious of the chop hop, but I will be envious of the attention that it gets you. Oh. Yeah. that's <laughs> Which I think ties in with pride a little bit. Uh, for sure. For sure. I'm an egomaniac with an inferiority complex. Dude, ego is not your amigo, Scott. No, it is not. <laughs> ego is not your amigo. Edging God out. E-G-O. Edging God out. Oh man. oh, man, we're going all sorts of places. Do we talk surf at all on this show? I think we touched on it a few times in this first 20 minutes. Well, there is a Frederico Morias triple crown controversy. A small one, perhaps. Okay. Um, I'm listening. Well, will you do me a favor and give the listeners some backstory on who Frederico Morias is and where he is at with this triple crown standing? I will. And I would like to call your attention for my own ego to the fact that two years ago, he was my Duke of the Week one week because he was the Rookie of the Year. I want to say it was 2014. It might have been 2013. Not the Rookie of the Year. He was, yeah, the Rookie of the Triple Crown. Like he won or like made a couple finals in the Triple Crown events. And he was this no-name kid and he got the Rookie of the Year. And so I mentioned it on this show. I'm like, dude, this kid's my Duke of the Week because who's ever heard of him? He's some kid from Portugal and he won the Rookie of the Year at the Triple Crown. The following year... He went on to beat Kelly Slater in the Portugal event, which bumped Kelly Slater out of the world title race. So that's where he first got on my radar. But essentially, to answer your question, Frederico Moraes, he's a lanky, regular footer from Cascais, Portugal. And um, he's basically this giant killer. He's come on the scene and he's taking out guys in big events like Kelly Slater. This year, he's in the Triple Crown event. He was kind of low on the rank, not low on the rankings, but outside the top 10 on the QS rankings. And then he made the final at Holly Eva and um, almost won it. I think, yeah, almost won it. He, like he was up against he and John John. They actually tied in the final, but John John had the highest single wave score. So John John won the event. But that pushed Frederico into the top 10 qualifying series. And then he continued to make, he made the final at sunset as well. So now he's officially qualified for the 2017 World Tour, which is a big feather in his cap. And he's number one on the Triple Crown standings to win this Triple Crown. Which leads us into this controversy. But John John, by the way, won the first event and could potentially win pipe. And so John John might actually win the triple crown. He and Frederico but no one are, knows, right? That's the he point. And Frederico are going to duke it out. And there's another guy that could maybe even be in the running for the triple crown, but okay. the controversy, and by the way, the triple crown is nothing without controversy. Like I don't like, you know, you and I have talked about the triple crown needs to be more than it is. It needs to be more important to the fans than it is. I know it's important to the surfers, but it needs to be. It needs to have more spotlight shown shown upon it. Is that I, is that the right verbiage? Shown, Good enough for me. Shined upon. By the it? way, the internet's back if you need it. Oh, okay, cool. So for a little while there, Frederico Marias didn't have a spot in the pipeline event. Right. 
So the Triple Crown is three events. Two of them are WCT 10,000 pointer or QS 10,000 pointers. So the top 100 QS qual- guys trying to qualify to get into the big leagues surf in the first two events, as well as some CT guys that are already in the big leagues. They will surf in those first two events. And then the third jewel of the Triple Crown is, of course, the Billabong Pipeline Masters. But that's only a CT event. I know most of you know that. I'm just catching people up. Yeah, of course. So because it's a CT event, you can be leading the Triple Crown in the ratings and not even have a chance to win the Triple Crown. Right. Which rarely happens, but sometimes this controversy does happen. I remember back, I think it was 2002, there was a, a surfer from Australia who, who was a Rip Curl team rider. His name was Zane Harrison. Yep. Where is he now? Who knows? He's probably selling Vegemite somewhere. I don't know. Probably I, sales rep for Rip. So I, for Rip maybe. Curl, who but, knows? But the point is, yeah. even then, he was... He was sort of his star was sort of falling like yeah. he was, you know, at the Rip Curl team house. But so Zane Harrison did well at Holly. I think he won Sunset. Yeah. And so he's leading the Triple Crown. And I'm not even sure if he got into the Pipe Masters. I, my memory fails me. But I okay. remember the controversy occurring much like it's occurring this year. We've got a guy that's done well in both events leading up to the final jewel of the Triple Crown. And he may not even be able to win the Triple Crown because he doesn't have a spot in this QS event. There's 36 spots. 34 of them go to the CT surfers. And there are two wildcard spots. Who You would think automatically the guy leading the, the triple, triple Crown, crown would sure. get one of those spots. Sure. But that's not how it works. Now, Peter Mel even said, hey, he doesn't have a spot. You know, this was a couple of weeks ago during the Sunset event. He's not going to have a spot as of now in the Billabong Pipeline Masters. About a few weeks have passed, and lo and behold, <clears throat> two guys. Um, who are they? Anthony, no, Adam Melling, and one other guy. There's two injury, basically. Stewie Kennedy. No, it's a oh Seba- Sebastian Zietz. No, no, guys that fell off because of of uh, of injury. Fell out of the pipe masters because it's Melling and somebody else. Oh, 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 oh. And it's a Brazilian. Matt Banning. Matt yeah, maybe that's out. it. It's yeah. Banning and some, yeah. So Banting and a Brazilian guy, whoever. Yeah. So they're out of it. So this leaves two spots open because of the yeah. injury wild card. And those two spots, one of them is going to Frederico Marias. Okay. But to me, that's kind of like, I, I imagine that the powers that be would have found a spot for Frederico somewhere. Yeah. You know, but it seems like if you're hoping to get in because you're hoping somebody's injured, that doesn't seem right. In other words, it seems like the first, in my opinion, if you have a chance to win the triple crown by winning the pipeline masters, then you need a spot in the pipeline masters, no matter what, no matter how it works out. You can't not have a chance to win the triple crown and not be in the pipe masters. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just wrong. And that's one of the issues that needs to be resolved. They need to figure that out. For instance, Mark Lackamore. Mark Lackamore has a chance to win the Triple Crown. He's not in the Pipe Masters. He won't be in the Pipe Masters. To me, as a league, as the WSL, as pro surfing, you're missing out on a chance to have a great story, to have a story you can tell for 30 years about here's this you know, young blue collar upstart Mark Lackamore, not necessarily young. He's been on the tour, or he's been trying to be on the tour for a long time. He's been grinding forever. This is his one chance to maybe, you know, it's a very long shot, 100 to 1 that he'll win the Pipe Masters. But he could do it and he could win the Triple Crown. So therein lies sort of the 
the impetus for this story, that the Triple Crown and pro-surfing, whoever it is, and I know there's a lot of politics, That's this is one of the bumps in the road that they need to comb out of this tangle that is the Triple Crown and pro-surfing in Hawaii. Well, are you going to read more? Or? Go ahead. Okay. No, I don't mean to interrupt. So, You're not interrupting. I mean, the, the problem is with that with that line of thinking that you have is like, well, if sure, you got to let Frederico in because he's number one on the Triple Crown ratings. But where does that list end? You're mentioning Mark Lacamere. Where is he ranked? Cause Sixth. In, yeah, but in theory, maybe the top 12 guys in the Triple Crown ratings could potentially win mathematically. And therefore, but you no, but 12 wait. guys to the Pipe Masters? Well, wait. If they could mathematically win the Triple Crown. By winning pipe. By winning pipe. They should be allowed to surf at pipe. Yeah, but... Well, why even have it? That's my point. It's like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. You make a great point. Where do you draw the line? Yeah. And if that's where the line is drawn, then why do you even have... You know, do I or do I not have a chance to win the Triple Crown? If I do, give me the chance. If I don't, then why am I signing up for it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I guess you'd have to weigh the numbers a little differently so that the math... Well, look, they're not even given a shot in the trials. Yeah. Is Mark Lacamoire even in the trials? Probably not. Look, will you be, do me a favor and look online? I looked yeah, at yeah. the trials this morning and I didn't see his name, but I don't want to yeah. be. But my point is, is that these are some of the issues that that it seems like for what, like for years and decades, we, we always had these little problems and we just always kind of like brushed them under the rug. Like, oh, well, it's right. Hawaii. You know, that's just what happens. It seems now with the establishment of the WSL, what are we into our fourth year of the WSL or yeah. third year? They've gotten their roots in the ground. They don't seem to be leaving. It seems to be a really good thing. You and I agree, and all of us oh, that yeah. love pro surfing agree that we sense that there's some stability with the WSL. Let's let's solve this problem. Sure. Let's you know maybe it's not this year. Maybe, but certainly by this time next year, couldn't we have this problem resolved? Right. Where the Triple Crown is more prestigious, and there's actually a path for a young guy that wins Haleiwa does well at sunset, could win the Triple Crown. Give him a path to win the Triple Crown. Yeah. Otherwise, what in the hell are we doing? Why? It's not that it's, it's prestigious except for, you know, there's dot, dot, there's a caveat, you know? Yeah, exactly. Is yeah. it prestigious or is it not prestigious? Right. Mark Lacamoire is not in the Okay, so Mark Lacamoire invitational. could win the Triple Crown, except he can't win the Triple Crown. Yeah. It's a problem. Because he's not surfing the third event. Right. Yeah. Well... It's a problem. Doesn't it seem like a problem? It is. I'd be pissed if I was Mark Lackman. I feel like the underdog's not being served here. Yeah. And oh, by the way, Bruce Irons is in the is in it. How do you feel about that? Not no. Bruce Irons isn't in the trials event. Bruce got gifted yeah. a wild card into the actual event. Right. He yeah. and Frederico got right. the two injury wild cards. Right. And so there's still two wild cards that are going to come from the trials. Exactly. How do I feel about Bruce Irons getting the injury wild card? Start the controversy. I I feel like it's in loving memory of Andy Irons, right? Bruce Irons is worthy on paper. He's won this event. I've always said that I think the past winners should have a pa- should be allowed like the Masters. They should be in the event. <laughs> in your version of the Pipe Masters, there's 142 surfers. <laughs> You know what? In my version of the Pipe Masters, the past winners are more important than the bottom 10 of the CT. Yeah, exactly. Let's get I, rid I'm of the bottom that. 10 of I'm the totally CT and fill that. those with with 
potential winners of the Triple Crown and past winners of the Pipe Masters, including Rob Machado and Bruce Irons and Jamie O'Brien. If you're a past winner and you're not already qualified, you should get a spot. And for sure, I guess so my, my feeling is the people that are have a chance to win the triple crown should be the first ones let in mm-hmm. then past winners then if there's any spots left from the bottom 10 of the ct those guys can get in and of course we do always save two spots for the trials winners i think i just solved my problem on the air <laughs> our problem so bruce irons though bruce irons his total heat score for round one will either be 18 or it'll be three yeah he won't get past round three. Yeah. And my gut feeling is I'd rather see Mark Lackamore. Yeah, I've had more interest in Mark Lackamore surfing in it than Bruce Irons. Well, but I do feel like past winners should be allowed. So I'm sort of being yeah, contradictory but, here. I, I mean, last year they had Bruce. They allowed Bruce the same wild card spot into the event. And I rallied against it. And I was vindicated in my rally because he lost immediately. And this year, at sun, he was surf sunset. I think he got one wave, and it was like a two or a four or something. You mean he didn't, he didn't get didn't a backup seem, wave? Did he seem to care? No, he doesn't seem to care about anything ever. You know, like I love Bruce, and he was one of my favorite surfers growing up. And I want to see Bruce the way that I experienced him as a youth, which isn't going to happen. It's not going to happen again. He's proven it over and over, and he gets these earned entries they're earned based on his past performance but honestly they're kind of gifts at this point in his career and he squanders them every single time so do you I, think that this is a political play like gosh i guess we have to put bruce in because it's andy and, and if we don't put bruce in we look like crap well, and last last we really have to do this for politics of hawaii to in, make all the players and the power brokers feel at ease over there and so that i think we're at ease over there and there's some of that. And last year, it, if you remember, it was a social media thing. Like everybody got – there was an, a hashtag on Instagram and everybody was like, get Bruce into pipe. And so I think the WSL caved to that a little bit. And but I and I felt like, okay, cave to it once and let him prove us wrong or right. And then he didn't. So maybe the hashtag this year is make Bruce earn prove it. Prove it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like it, dude. Hashtag make Bruce earn it. Yeah. And again, I want the best from Bruce, but he's just not delivering it. So – I think there's much, again, Jack Robinson earned a place through the trials event last year and got into the main event, and Robinson killed it. So it's like, gift that guy a spot into the event. I'd rather see that. I'd love to see that yeah. guy. I hope he gets through the trials. Yeah, he's in uh, heat number two in the trials. The trials, are they look pretty heavy. Yeah, well, they always are. I know, sure. they are. They're, they just made the call. My volume was down, so I'm not sure if they're going to run or not, but there's definitely waves. Oh, good. It's, then it's they're they're going to run. I'm going to have to take a peek at it. Mm-hmm. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 
2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInJobs.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's LinkedInJobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. Um, speaking of Bruce Irons, yeah, weed maps. <laughs> <laughs> Weed Maps. What is Weed Maps, David? I think it's um, a map. It's an app on your phone that is a map to where you can buy weed locally. Like all the different, um, uh, what are they? Retailers? Marijuana retailers? Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it is. It's a it's an application that you can use to find weed. Just the concept of branding something weed. Like if <laughs> wouldn't... Welcome if, to the future, dude. Yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm just... I have a bunch of thoughts about this, right? But the relevance is that Bruce is... There's a house on the North Shore, the Weed Maps house yeah. on the North Shore. So I went online. I looked at what the Weed Maps house is all about on the North Shore. Let me read some of the copy from the Weed Maps website. The Weed Maps house yeah. on the North Shore. And I quote, Dispelling and rehabilitating the marijuana plant's public persona the Sunset Beach property will be a temporary cultural center providing refuge for the mind, body, and soul. Sanctuary for the likes of Bruce Irons, Joel Tudor, Dustin Barca, Boo Johnson, Nathan Fletcher, and Simon Rex. A diverse group of surfers, skaters, and motocross enthusiasts will be communing with nature and enjoying the company of like-minded souls. Okay. Demonstrating their aloha for a healthy lifestyle and the critical role cannabis plays in keeping them pharmaceutically free, a stunningly talented and diverse group of gravity-defying gladiators will go through their daily routine and perform in their adrenaline-pumping disciplines. More than just thrill-seekers looking for a rush... So they are that. They are looking for a rush. This group of top athletes are a synergistic are on a synergistic mission to demonstrate how healthy living coexists with today's marijuana consumers to a sometimes skeptical world. David, my question to you is this. Yep. <clears throat> is putting smoke into your lungs healthy? Yes or no? No. Okay. At what age should I start my children on this wellness regime? Um, there's a time and a, like if they have a particular ailment that this remedies, that's when you should start them. And what is this remedy? Is this remedy putting smoke into their lungs? Well, you can weigh out 
there's a cost benefit analysis, right? And so if you have depression and this treats depression, but it also puts smoke in your lungs, which has like the depression will prevent me from going to work, but I might have to deal with lung cancer in the future. How do you weigh that out? What about the development of my brain? Yeah. There's a part in your brain, I think it's called the pre-cortex. Prefrontal cortex. Prefrontal cortex that's not fully developed until you're tw- in males. Yeah. Only in males until you're 25 years old. Yeah. It's been proven that when you drink alcohol, when you take um, psychoactive drugs such as LSD, marijuana, this affects your prefrontal cortex. Development. The development of it. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, may, maybe wait till after 25. So and then subscribe, <laughs> prescribe and diagnose. Now, isn't it true that I can get the benefits from marijuana, the benefit being cannabinoid, CBD, in a non-psychoactive uh, way through a pill format? So I don't have to take the smoke into my lungs. I can take the CBD pill, the cannabinoid pill. It doesn't affect me at all in a psychoactive way. In other words, I don't get high, I don't get low, I don't get stoned, I don't get yeah. whatever it is you get when you smoke a joint. Yeah, I can take this pill. Isn't it true that I can take cannabinoid in a pill form and get all the benefits? I don't know that. Well, the answer is yes. Okay. Yes, you can. Okay. In fact, people do that, like yeah. chemo, chemo patients, so that it'll help with hunger, so forth and so on. Can so you-, you don't need to smoke weed to get benefits but of marijuana. In, in anything that you read from the weed maps thing, are they talking about smoking it? No. You're assuming they're smoking it. Yeah, I am. They might just be baking brownies over at that house, dude. <laughs> that, <laughs> or, baking or, brownies is not... You're still getting the psychoactive. This, of course, but you're not getting the... You started that off of the you know the smoking analogy like oh you're putting smoke into your lungs isn't that bad for right you? i just wanted to determine that smoke putting smoke in your lungs is not a good idea not so if you're idea. baking brownies and eating it yeah. that's fine if that's how you want to escape would you agree yeah. that taking a brownie a pot brownie to get high is an escape from reality that you're escaping reality you're that's you're not the only to- reason people do it though no i you're, agree yeah. i agree but would you suggest that that's the, one reason why people do it. Yes, right, I would to escape agree with that. reality. Right. But there's because also- in in their in their verbiage here, they are saying that. Uh, let me try to find it. That there's a critical role that cannabis plays in keeping them pharmaceutically free. So they're suggesting that if they don't take cannabis, that they're not going to be pharmaceutically free. Sure. That they have a problem with pharmaceuticals, sure. and the cannabis is is their solution to this problem. Yeah. Otherwise, they'd be strung out on something. Right. Yeah, they have a problem that they would normally treat with pharmaceuticals. This is a natural remedy. Right. Yeah, and I'm not. By the way, I have no problem with. I voted for uh, for the legalization of marijuana in California. Yeah, just, I mean, just last month. I mean, honestly, I'm not an expert clearly on any of this. I just I'm question the way they market it. The way they market this whole thing to me is is like it's there's this there's this vibe of hey, it's cool to get stoned. Yeah. And I'm not so sure it's cool to get stoned. It might be cool to get stoned. Yeah. I'm not so sure that it is cool to get stoned. It depends on what you mean by stoned. If yeah. stoned means like get out of it and not face life on life's terms, I kind of have a problem with that. I think you should be a man enough to face life on life's terms. Now, granted, that's sort of this black and white thing. And there are people with chemo and people with yeah. depression and autism and all sorts of stuff that I think CBD, cannabinoid, the non-psychoactive yeah. element will help. I think there's a lot of benefits to marijuana. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I have a problem with the way that they sort of market this thing towards 
a teenager that's like, oh, look how cool. And I, I think if you go over to the Weed Maps house, and I may be wrong, but I got a feeling that they're blowing joints over there. Well, there's an image that showed up on Instagram this week. It might have been Sherman who shot it. I'm not exactly sure. But at the Ruka house with Bruce blowing this massive cloud of smoke into uh, Berta, the Indonesian surfer kid's face. Like the Indonesian kid's face is completely disappeared behind this cloud oh of smoke. God. And Bruce – and but it's a hilarious image. And then I saw it pop up multiple times on other people's feeds. And it's – it's funny, but it is glorifying well, that's, smoking. And it know? doesn't demonstrate a healthy lifestyle that this Weed no. Maps house on the North Shore is supposed to be. According to their thing, they're, they're trying to demonstrate a healthy lifestyle with this whole wellness thing but and by yoga. The way, and, by the way, it's just, it seems like a big scam. To me, it just seems yeah, like a scam. Like I think the you're bullshit attaching, detector goes off. I, I think you're attaching a little bit of um, personal whatever attached to that because to be honest just the verbiage there doesn't really promote anything negative you're attaching it to what you know about bruce and what you know about nathan fletcher and what you know about these people well, and their personas the image that you just said was on instagram yeah is, exactly it totally contradicts what the weed house weed maps house on the north shore is supposed to be about but if they said hey kelly slater and mick fanning are staying in this house and these are guys that are promoting our our product you would feel very differently about it because those well, guys. Well, I have a clearly- feeling that those guys would come out and say, "Hey, here's my stance on it," right? And I would know what's going on. I know Kelly wouldn't just go, oh, "Yeah, I'm staying at the Weed Maps house." He'd be like, "This is why." Of course. Boom, boom, boom. Whereas but- with Bruce, Joel, Dustin Barker, you just get the feeling that it seems exactly. like you can go over there and get like you just don't. Of course, I, I just of there's course. a bit of a BS detector that's, that's what I'm like saying, blaring on me. That's what I'm saying is that those guys' association with it is what's making you critical of what their real objective is. Now, by again, the way, I'm pro marijuana. I voted for the legalization of recreational use of marijuana. I think the war on drugs is a joke. I think there's money that could be better spent. Take that money and put it towards, um, you know, rehabilitation facilities yeah. for people strung out on Norco or yeah. whatever they're strung out on. By the way, I thought that Bruce was involved in the company itself, like either an investor or maybe he was a founder of it. Did you read any I, I of that? I doubt greatly that he's a founder of a of a any, of an app, company? but I could no. I but, mean, but he, he might have, he might be an investor. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, a founding investor, yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah. So who knows? And I don't know. I only wish sure. the best for these guys. I'm not trying to. I'm just saying that I don't think this is the greatest marketing move. Yeah. I, to me, it's just like the whole concept of recreational medical marijuana. When it gets taken over by the big pharma companies, they're yeah. going to totally change the way this thing is portrayed like right now it's portrayed like a bunch of stoners got together and went oh killer it's recreational it's legal now let's do something and some guys said let's make weed maps like just the word weed i know is a bad word for your product yeah totally. it connotes a lot of negative stuff yeah exactly like why don't you call it cbd or any i don't even know i but can't those- you come up with something better than weed that's like calling something old yeah but those dudes are they want to be first in the market and they want to be the early Adapt the early guys on the app so that when the they're going to get bought, big the big pharma company comes along and they want to, they'll just buy them up. Yeah, they're just going to buy. Them. Which is yeah. good. I'm a, I love business. I love people making money. It's all good. Yeah, I just cringe from a marketing standpoint. Like, couldn't you and I right now? Couldn't we come up with a better name than Weed Maps? Oh yeah, totally. You know, like yeah, totally. 
I get it, dude. How about holistic maps? And it's yeah. not just weed you, but you, it's not just farm it. Like holistic has a bunch of, uh, attachment to it anyway. I'd stay away from holistic. Well, we could throw yoga studios on there. All of a sudden our app is way better for the guy that downloaded it. Like you're getting way yeah. more out of it. Even that though attaches a lot of weight. I would go. Yeah. Here's an idea. Yeah. Let's get the weed maps house at, together with the Red Bull house. Right. Okay. And we have. North Shore House Family Feud, where you have like a game show where it's you get those guys baked on their brownies from the Weed Maps house. You get the Red Bull guys all jacked on their Red Bull. You get Jamie O'Brien and those guys. And you have a game show hosted by like Dave Wassel. Perfect right? host. Love him. Yeah. He's in the middle. And he brings these two guys out and they put up questions and <laughs> they have family feud. They need to do that. Somebody out there, please make this. By the way, this is brought to you somehow or another. Surfer Magazine is is part of this. Stab. Transworld Surf Business is a part of no, this. No, I think Weed Maps is just spot advertising on all those platforms. They're, those companies are on the Weed Maps website really yeah okay. like if you go there right now yeah you would see that they're helping to promote weed maps I maybe think, they did buy i it. think weed maps honestly they did post they produced a surf uh edit commercial basically and then sent it around to all those sites so all those sites have bruce Irons surfing in their weed maps commercial video you know um but i think weed maps just paid for the advertising and maybe on their website they're just saying hey these are websites that our video is on or no they're like saying I, right. i'm 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 not exactly sure what they're saying because I don't have it in front of me. But if you pull it up, I did. Yeah. It says that in conjunction with Transworld, Stab, and the Enthusiast Network, which is Surfer and Surfing and all those, yeah, we're trying to promote this Weed Maps yeah. thing. I don't. Anyway, what are your thoughts? Yeah, any, I mean, any more thoughts? No, I covered it, dude. I, okay. I'm, I'm not against the use of med- of marijuana to treat you know medical either. conditions at all, but. I'm not offended by it, but I get what you're saying too. Um, by the way, did you watch? Speaking of Dave Wassel as a host, did you watch the Surfer Poll Awards, which are now being rebranded as the Surfer Awards? No, I watched some outtakes of Mason Ho, which were absolutely hilarious. Agreed. It seems like to me with these award shows, I'd rather just see the boiled down good stuff. Yeah, and I think Mason Ho was the only boiled down good stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, you missed then, based on your strategy, Benji Weatherly was hosting the red carpet and interviewing people as they entered. That might have been good. Ben Weatherly is amazing, dude. Right? Was he, was he good? Amazing. Yeah. yeah. My favorite quote was when he told Julian Wilson and Ashley O, who are getting married, he's like, yeah, well, your children will be disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was kidding. He was like tongue in cheek. Well, yeah, because they're they're the most beautiful people on the North Shore. It's like Brad Pitt and like literally they're gorgeous. And he's just like, ah, your kids are going to be disgusting. But the (laughs) fact that he even said the word disgusting about children is hilarious. (laughs) That is good. You know, like he was he was so, so funny to me. And I want more Benji in my life. Like he deserves a spot on the WSL commentary. Like he's great. He's always been great. But he he it was great to see him again. Um, Yeah. Benji's one of those guys that they can't try to. Reel him in. Not at all. And I think he's been in a spot. He might have even hosted the Surfer Poll Awards once. Maybe. He's been in spots where he felt like he had to kind of calm down or be not be himself. And he yeah. wasn't as good. He needs to be unleashed. He can't be... You can't be, we want Benji. Oh, but we don't want that Benji. We want this Benji. It's got to be, we want the real Benji. And 
I think that Benji is he's got a, a delicate enough sensibility where he's not going to start going on a rant about some racial tirade or some he's not going to use something about words. weed maps. He's not going to go exactly. off weed. <laughs> like he's he's actually um, he works. He's savvy. He's savvy, and he's also just not offensive. You know, like all of his comedy is pretty benign. You right, know, right. so I think that he'd be great at it. He, you yeah. can let him riff and not worry about him going blue. So, is there a video of just highlights from the red carpet of Benji going off? Somewhere? There isn't, and there should be. There should be. Who, what is going on, Surfer Magazine? So on a side note, yes, they had the show opened by an actual comedian. This guy Eddie. I if. saw that. Was that any good? He bombed so hard. Like it was it, embarrassing. It was embarrassing, dude. Nobody like, laughed. It was bad. And then he started turning against the crowd. Oh, that's like, good. Oh, you guys. Oh, you guys are a great crowd. Oh man, like, well, come on, guys. You don't get that joke. Like, and it was like, no, no, no. We got the joke. It was horrible. Like oh the comedy. God. There was no comedy. I couldn't in believe the joke. it. I was blown away. I thought that was kind of ballsy to put a comedian because it seemed like it was just some. Like, was he from like? Ohio or something like he, he watches he, sur- any- he watches surfing like and he said that and and he referenced a couple of things that were like okay he obviously watches events and he knows that Matt Wilkinson is a prankster so he tried to make a Matt Wilkinson joke you know uh-huh. but but it was all of it was so lame and completely overshadowed by what Benji did on the red carpet off the cuff right. and completely <clears throat> overshadowed by Mason Ho you know like who came later in the evening but it was. I haven't seen a comedian bomb in a wow. while, and it was uncomfortable. I can't. I, I would have had to turn it off because I get embarrassed want, yeah, when I, people are like, I can't watch embarrassing things. Well, they panned to the crowd, and I noticed people were looking at their phone, and I was like, it's not that they don't want to give him attention. They're doing what you said. They're embarrassed for him. They right. can't even look at him. Right. So they're looking away out of embarrassment. It was bad. So Eddie if bombed hard. That was a highlight for me, actually. Uh, Dave Wassel and that was Alex a for you. <laughs> Dave Wassel and Alex Gray hosted. Get rid of Alex Gray. I mean, the kid's a nice kid, but honestly, Dave Wassel can hold his like he doesn't need a co-host. Dave Wassel's great. Um, one cool thing that they added this year was live music. So instead of when you're going into a clips package, pushing play on the audio track, they had a live music just score the evening, all of it, and they did a phenomenal job. Yeah, the Matson too; those guys are great. They did a great job. Yeah. Uh, John John Florence won in the men's division first place. Right. Carissa Moore won in the women's division. Surprise, so congrats surprise. to those two. Um, Let's be frank. Won the movie of the year. Did you ever see it? No. Man, Frank it's Solomon. So it's so good. I gotta, and I, I gotta see that. I interviewed those guys and. Honestly, um, Peter Hamblin is the creative genius behind the film. Who are they? Well, give me some insight. South Africans. Okay. So Peter Hamblin, uh, he's worked in film production for a while. He's worked with Red Bull. All the great Red Bull stuff that we've seen in recent years. Like, remember that Ripple Effect series they did on uh, Bob Hurley? There was like a, a series of four pieces a year or two ago. Uh-huh. We talked about it on the show and yeah. we just thought they were great. Um, he was involved in that as part of the editing team. And so... He wanted to produce this piece on a local surfer from where they grew up in Cape Town. And the local surfer is big wave surfer Frank Solomon, who, to be honest, isn't that great of a surfer. And Frank even says it when they won this award on stage. He's just like, dude, the staff in this room who work for the magazines are better surfers than I am. I just happen to partner up with this great filmmaker. And Hurley, thankfully, supported the project. And here we are, you know. So he's a That's good- cool. 
He's a big wave surfer and he does charge, but he can't do an air reverse, you know? Oh. And like there's footage of then him. And he's the, better than me. <laughs> <laughs> there's a footage of him in the film of like charging Puerto Escondido and like Mulligamore or whatever it is in Ireland. Like he does charge big waves. <laughs> Mulligamore. Is that what it is? I don't know how to pronounce it. Something it's got to like It's got to be like all of the hard consonants are silent or something. Mulligamore. It's close. Something that's like that's that. what it is. So, um, you know, Frank deserves credit because he does charge. But again. By the way, the. Um, the one I know the one guy at Surfer Magazine, Ashton. Yeah, he surfs good. Yeah, yeah. And there was a picture he put a post uh, Instagram of him up at back door the other day. And I know he's a red hot longboarder, but he was on a shortboard and he was getting a nice barrel. So shout out to Ashton. He he is a the managing editor at Surfer Magazine, and he's a good surfer. Yeah, you had him on better the show. than good. You had him on. Yeah, the he's show. been on the show. That's yeah, right. So Surfer Poll Awards. I didn't watch it live, but I they allow you to view it later you know you could just go watch the yeah. full event on youtube or whatever i watched it did you skip through the the individual awards of the surfers because the no they they actually synthesized that this year oh um, smart they how they run all n- the top the bottom nine of the top 10 just as a video package like here's the oh clips. good and they here's don't get up on stage nine, at all? eight seven six five four three two and that's all in like a four minute video package oh, that's perfect and then they go and the winner is john 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 comes and gives a speech that's so much better than yeah. 10 boring speeches totally I totally agree. And did any of the bottom nine say anything during the videos or nope. anything? And when did they clap for that? At the end or the beginning? Or uh, They just – they clapped throughout it and then they just pitched to John. John John comes and gives That's a speech. That's perfect. Yeah, I know. They they solved it. They solved exactly That's so what much our better. complaint has been. They've been listening okay. to us, David. Yeah. <laughs> Feels so popular. Um, so real quickly, back yeah. to the Triple Crown. Uh, Ethan Ewing, who's a up and coming Australian eighteen year old, seventeen year old that I talked about on the last show as being kind of this hot up and comer, he actually won the Triple Crown Rookie of the Year this year based on his performances at Hollywood and Sunset. I'm gonna roll my eyes like I did with Federico two years ago when he won the Rookie of the Year, the Triple Crown. Well, uh, I'm sure he's a red hot surfer. Well, what's more is he's qualified for the 2017 World Tour, so you're gonna see oh. a lot more of him this oh, okay. year. And then uh, I'll be like your Matt Banting. Oh, man, that did really Matt Banning qualify? Really fell apart. He's been injured all year long, oh, so whatever. I don't know. He might get an injury wild card. Um, and then I read that. So he's on Billabong. I read that his contract with Billabong, based on his recent success, has been renegotiated at half a million dollars a year. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. I heard. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I'm not sure Billabong's doing so good, but who knows. I think they've made quite a recovery. Um, but yeah, it's a huge contract for a young kid. So interesting. I always like to have the conversation about the equitability of paying these surf stars. I see here that salary. Need Essentials. Sorry to interrupt. No, go. Need Essentials has got a, a full thing on Surfline here. Oh, yeah? Check out the Need Essentials top winter wetsuits presented nice. by Huntington. Do they sell at Huntington Surf and Sport Need Essentials or is it all direct? It was all direct as far as I know. I mean, I had Rob Colby on last week. On the I know. Show. I saw that. Yeah. And I told a guy, I was playing golf with a guy yesterday and I go, and, you know, I play, I play golf with guys who were just like borderline surfers. You know, they're yeah. like, oh, I need a new suit. I'm like, dude, here's the deal. Go to Need Essentials, get a new suit. You're going to dig it. Super good price. Super comfortable. I wear one. Yeah. So I talk them up all the time. And they're getting a lot of play. They got something off your podcast, and now here they are on Surfline. Well, and completely 
by the way, unsponsored. I know that sounds, and like the surfiers thing sounds like a sponsored read. It's not at all. No. Um, we paid full price for our products from Need, and I did. Magnus gifted us these surfiers things. But yeah, none of none of them have sent checks to as an advertisement, you know, or anything like that. Um, so I want to do a quick follow up. You did a little. Uh, we've been covering the Lunata Bay Bay Boys thing. The locals at Lunata Bay who have accosted surfers over the last couple of decades have had lawsuits filed back and forth and now um, have had their little structure there, their hangout with a barbecue and cabana basically. All of that was going to be demolished by the city. It was last time we talked. They were doing it. They were doing the demo. Yeah. Well, the Bay Boys torched the demo equipment. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So the city workers. I guess show, I'm laughing at that. The city. I mean, it's funny. It's kind it's, of funny. It's wrong. It's it, funny though. So the Lunata Bay, <laughs> the the um, demo workers, the city workers, show up one morning to go down and continue demo on the the space, and all of their their equipment had been. Um, set on fire, actually. Gnarly. Yeah. So it's assumed that the Bay Boys were the... That is, that is incredible. <laughs> the culprits or the perpetrators of the crime. So all right, what else you got? Well, um, I'm going to do a little self... What's the word, David? Promotion? Yes, thank you. It's not really for me, but I'm on the board at SurfAid, and I just want to bring up um, this month we have a... Um, program called Sick Wave Healthy Villages. Okay. And David, as you know, SurfAid was born out of one surfer, Dr. Dave's desire to make a difference. And it's the collective spirit of the SurfAid community that sustains us more than 16 years later, combining what we do best, SurfAid, surf sick waves and build healthy villages. Our latest campaign is an opportunity to give back to the remote island communities that have given us so much. And we're asking that you support our efforts. We're trying to raise $50,000 between now and January 1st. And that's enough funding to bring our full-scale mother and child health program to two villages in these remote parts of Indonesia. So, David, I'm asking the listeners to do yourself a favor. Go onto the SurfAid website. Take a peek at what we're doing. We're saving lives. This is real money put to real good use. And I'm real proud to be a part of it. So, Sick wave, healthy villages. Um, if you're interested, please um, help us get to the $50,000 mark, and you're going to help save the lives of mothers and children. By the way, we had, I think last quarter, we had only one mother die during childbirth, which is a big, I think the quarter before that, we had eight mothers die before oh, wow. child, during childbirth. Yeah. And so um, the dollars are being used, and, and we're seeing a great effect. Uh, yeah, and I mean, this it. is just real basic um, support that they need, like very, very basic medical attention. That well, what we do, provide. actually what we do is self-sustaining stuff. Yeah. So we go into these villages and we're like, look, here's where you need to build a potty, you know, so we'll build them a latrine. Away from your water source. Yeah, away from your water. So we'll even build pipeline water sources in. Yeah. Basic stuff that's that's... Basic for you and I. Basic for you and I that they don't have that we're helping them with. Yeah. So... That's what we do, and it's the kind of thing that can be then carried on from generation to generation. So they can then tell the next pregnant mom and her to be child. You know, here's what you know. So it's it's self sustaining. You know? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, no, it's a good cause, of course. Mother child initiative. 
So, um, by the way, Pipe Masters, is this for you or for me? It's for both of us, Drew. Okay, okay. Pipe Masters is coming out. Are they running it? It's not. So, yeah, the... The Pipe Trials. The Pipe Trials is on, by the way. It's on. I just wanted to ask you real quickly uh about your thoughts on pipe going into it last week i did a little i saw that show yeah why don't you give us a little bit of your pre-pipe i'm show. gonna re recap okay. what my thoughts were i came up with a couple of guys who really need to prove themselves of course the highlights are the best surfers of the event but for yeah. me the second most enjoyable thing to see is the guys who have something on the line they either need to re-qualify so they're going to go out there and throw themselves over the ledge or they just have something to prove because they're known as small wave surfers and they need to go out there and not be humiliated at eight to 10 foot pipe. So for me, two people that really need to prove themselves this year, Felipe Toledo, number two, Matt Wilkinson. So Felipe Toledo, the guy really hasn't proven himself in big waves. He could be a real world title contender if he can figure out how to surf big barreling waves. Matt Wilkinson, on the other hand, he's gotten barreled on big lefts, you know, at cloud break and Chopu, but he needs to prove himself as a legitimate world title contender. He led the ratings through the first half of the year. Is it a fluke or does he deserve to be in the same conversation as Gabriel Medina, John John Florence, and Kelly Slater? I, My argument is he doesn't, but he can reassert and reestablish his name in that conversation by winning p- Pipeline. I think that is such a great selection for a guy who needs to do well. And it's not that he can't. We know he can ride the wave. It's more about... What you said was, let's end this thing. Let's bookend this thing on a positive note. He started out so strong and he sort of faded. He has totally faded. faded. And wouldn't it be great if he was a semifinalist? Yeah. You know, I think Matt needs to make the semifinals to kind of have a good feeling about his season. Yeah. Like right now, it's kind of, you sense that it's a little bit nag. I'm sure he wouldn't say that. But as a fan, we're like, who is Matt Wilkinson? I haven't even seen him in five months. We could all laugh it off as like, yeah, you made a run, and that was a fluke. Now if we're going to watch it drop back to the It's actually position. probably the most important event of the year for him. I would he, agree. If he doesn't do well in this event, Matt, Wilkins, well, Matt Wilkinson will forever be a guy that can't win the world title. Yeah. So I also have a dark horse pick, and then I have my two front runners. Do you want to offer a dark horse pick and your front runners, or should I just roll into mine? Go ahead. My dark horse pick, Keanu is Singh. That's a good one. Is it? Yeah. Okay. That is a good one. He's I, worthy. I think Keanu, his requalification hinges on a result here. He's outside. He's in 23rd position, actually, so he's right kind of on the cut line. 22 is the cut. Um, he lost his sponsor, Fox. They're no longer in the surf game. He doesn't have any free surf career to speak of and i don't think that he could re-qualify on the qs you know because he doesn't have an air game so his entire career hinges on this result honestly if he gets bumped off tour he doesn't have a major sponsor and he has no free surf career so all of his eggs are in this one basket and he's literally one spot out of qualification he's a he's kind of comes from the same um Adriana? No. Well, that, yeah, but also he's this stocky, regular-footed Hawaiian nugget. Yeah. He reminds me of Johnny Boy Gomes, in a sense. And to a lesser degree, Dane Kealoha. Like, he yeah. could... he could. Well, I would say a lesser degree to both Johnny Boy and Dane. He's well, nowhere he's near the power surfer that yeah. those two guys are. But he, but he has... He looks... He's somewhat a version of those, you yeah. know, and like he could go backdoor and dominate backdoor, but also his backhand is phenomenal. Yeah. So like he could actually bag a really good result. The other thing is he's got such a work ethic, like 
he qualified this way where he needed the result and he went out at sunset and got it. And then he also, I don't know if you remember two years ago in Brazil, him doing a massive alley-oop in a round three heat against Gabriel Medina when Gabriel was going to win his world title that year. And he beat Gabe in Brazil doing a massive air, which Gabe's known for doing airs, you know? So he can make it happen when he needs to. And I actually I thought you said his- he didn't have an air game. He doesn't. He did a massive alley-oop with no air game. You know what I mean? Like he just pulled one out. He only does it when he needs a result. So I think Keanu is going to make an unbelievable charge right here and requalify. So he's my dark horse pick. That's a really great dark horse pick, Keanu Singh. By the way, the waves look like crap. At yeah, the they're, round they're one. shifty. I think they're going to get better throughout the day. You know, like yeah. this first heat or two is going to blow. Yeah. Uh, I have a really dark horse. I'll just say this about there. Yeah. There really is no such thing as a dark horse at the Pipe Masters. Like, really? When was the last time a dark horse won? B. Derbich. Well, that wasn't really even real pipe. No, it was like two foot AUK. Okay. And and Bede's, I guess Bede would be considered a dark horse, he, but for sure he was. I guess guy. at any, uh, probably more so than any other event, it's always the top guys in the finals. It feels like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is also one of those events where. The most interesting thing about pipe is that you can be comboed and in a matter of two waves win the heat. Yeah. It's so things happen so quick at yep. pipe that it's and those two waves could be in the matter of 3 minutes. Ex- no, exactly. Yeah. At the end of the heat, your last two waves and you're yeah. out of you've got two uh, 95 and a 93 and you're through. Totally. And that's what makes it such a fascinating event to watch. Yeah. It's because there's a right and a left because there's it's just it, so anyway, that's my point is that of any of the events, this one has those last-minute nail-biter heats. Give me your top two. Top two guys? To win the event. Top two guys well, are going to be in the final. I guess I would go only two? Yep. Well, there's only two allowed in the final. <laughs> <laughs> this is a stipulation of the WSL, not my own. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with John John and Kelly. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm going John John and Gabriel. That's who my other choice would have yeah. been. So what... Um, uh, how do you think? Okay, so you think Kelly's actually going to make the final? See, yes, think, Kelly. Oh, what didn't no. Kelly win Volcom last like less than a year ago? Yeah, but dude. yeah, but what? Yeah, but he when did he win? The, I mean, he's won. Two. Didn't he reassign himself and rededicate himself to the tour next year? Yeah, and doesn't he have a house at Pipe and Pipes where he he's lived at Pipe? He's nobody owns Pipe the way that Kelly owns Pipe competitively. I know Jamie O'Brien could go out there on any day and do insane stuff, but yeah, you're saying that. Kelly's lost his pipe game because no, in think, a matter of eight months. And I think Kelly's the best surfer at pipe ever. I just think that Kelly doesn't have the drive that he needs to win the he, pipe masters. Based th- on what? Based on his surfing for the last two or three years. Like he, he won pipe 10 months ago. He won the Volcom. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not the pipe masters. Like I agree. Like it was an impressive. What did he win. do last year in the pipe masters? Um, I'll tell you actually, he lost in, I think he did pretty good. No, Last year, I think he lost in the quarters, I want to say. Shoot. Okay, so he's one heat away from the finals. I have it written down. He's won the Pipe Masters only twice in the last 17 years, by the way. Uh, He lost in round three in 2014, and he made the quarters last year. Yeah, he lost in the quarters last year, and he lost in round three in 2014. So I'm just saying we Kelly's synonymous with Pipe Masters. What what round do you think Kelly Slater's going to lose in this? Five. Round five. I think Kelly can go out there. Like, I think Kelly's the best surfer of all time out there. I just think no, that there's... No, you don't. Listen, I'm telling you, <laughs> okay, I do. Sorry. I just think that there's five to ten surfers who 
will not drop their guard throughout the entire event. Like Gabriel Medina finished twice. He finished second place two years in a row out there. His only goal is to win that event this year, and there's nothing going to stand in his way. World title's not on the line. John John Florence, he's lost a little bit of drive because he's won the world title. He's never won the Pipe Masters. No, so he's got drive for that, but it's a little bit deferred because he already won the world title. Kelly, to be honest... There's no world title. Like he's done it a bunch of times. This is I his think, world title. I think, and he's got all these other obligations. Like he's always like. I just feel like Gabriel's sight is on first place. No I would suggest what. to you that his only obligation from now until the end of this event is to win this event. That he's focused on this event. That he's hopefully going to listen to this and use your crappy words as too. inspiration. I hope he does too. to put you and Gabe Medina in their place. Yeah. I totally agree. Because I want if he's Kelly. rededicated to 2017, this is the time to put the fear of God in everybody. Yeah, I just think there will be a five-minute uh, sequence of time at some point in this event where he'll have his guard down slightly or he'll be thinking about wave pool obligations or chaos design obligations. And in that little five-minute interlude, either Gabriel Medina or Idolo or Wiggly or one of these guys who has the you know all the drive and determination of, in the world, they will catch him in a slip-up. They'll make a priority paddle and catch him off guard and get the score they need, and he'll get bumped out. Hmm. That's how I feel. I don't feel Wrong. like he has the eye of the tiger in the way what? that Gabriel does. Oh, my God. I just don't, dude. Hey, let's wager on it. A wager? I'm going five round, round five finish for Kelly at best. Okay, I'm saying he'll do better than round five. How much? What's the wager? <laughs> just, What's the wager? You tell me. You're the one that's so confident that Kelly's not going to get past round five. Last year, we had a pipe wager on Bruce, and it was 100 bucks, and I won it. Yeah, and I bucks. paid it. 100 bucks again? Yeah. All right. 100 bucks. 100 bucks. Kelly goes past round five. Okay. I'm, I'm good with that. All right. All right. 100 bucks. Listeners heard it here first. I, do I always pay my debts? I'm not saying you don't, dude. Okay. I'm just saying I've never had to pay up on mine because I win. Now I'm pissed. Matt, Kelly, I, you better. <laughs> no, like here's the problem. Here's some extra here's the motivation problem. for you, Kelly. Here, here, here's 100 the, bucks. Here's the problem with me wagering. I want Kelly to win. Like, I actually want him to win this event. I just don't think he will. Oh, my God. That is even more inspiration, Slater. Yeah. All right. Do uh, something. Do you got, do you got um, uh, Duke and Kook or Must See or any of that? I'm on the Weed Maps app. I've got it right here. I pulled okay. it up. They have taco stands and donut shops in addition to where you can buy weed wow. on this app. Those things go great with... <laughs> with uh, the munchies, I guess, is what it is. Um, I'm just so, kidding. They don't have that. Oh, that. they don't. Just... Okay, so my Duke of the Week is Russell Bierke. Did you see his yeah. video, Berserky? Yeah, I put it on my website, boardroomshow.com, where how you can also get this podcast. How insane is Russell Bierke? He's incredible. 18-year-old ginger, regular foot ginger from, uh, is he from West Oz? It's from Australia. I'm not sure. Maybe I want to say South, South Oz, okay. like those remote, sharky, cold reefs. Dude, the kid charges Southern. hours, the right ship sterns, like the most gurgling, tripled up, unbelievable waves. He won the Red Bull Cape Fear this year. Yeah, that's really where he came on the map. Yeah. I mean, I know he was out there and there was a lot of footage, you know, like still imagery on magazine covers and stuff, but he really sort of came to life for the, the masses at that Cape Fear event. Yeah. So he just, O'Neill just put out like a 15 minute edit of Russell Berkey and it's unbelievable. So he's my Duke of the week. Uh, my kook of the week is the inertia. Oh, wow. 
the inertia got lit up about the Dane Reynolds thing on Instagram. I mean, dude, did you read their piece? It was basically – go ahead. You tell us what the, the inertia said. Summarize what the inertia said about the – because you and I, we went on and on about how incredible and we still feel that way the Dane Reynolds movie was. They basically published this uh, – one of their writers, contributing writers, J.P. Curry, wrote this piece – um, that really just lambasted Dane Reynolds and his film Chapter 11. And it wasn't a critique of the film itself. It was really a critique of Dane. And it was just like, Dane's a hypocrite for shaming Quicksilver and then advertising his own brand at the end of his little video. He, you know, he's, uh, and like making, mil- earning millions and millions of dollars off of this thing. And like he should be thanking his fans. We're the ones that support him. And he never once says that. I'll give you a quote right here. I don't know that it's the best quote, but um, he says, uh, remember, remember I read a quote from Dane's film. And yeah. He was saying, I feel like I should thank Quicksilver. But who is Quicksilver? Who do I thank? Everyone that I work there with is gone. Well, J.P. Curry uses that exact quote, which I thought was really poignant from Dane or insightful from Dane. And J.P. Curry says, well, Dane, unless you mean gone as in dead, then presumably they are human beings who helped you uh, <laughs> who helped you that you could still name check whether or not they work for Quicksilver anymore. And failing that, how about you give a nod to surf fans, an acknowledgement to the surf fans of the world who gobble up every meager scrap of surf ma- meal that you uh, – throw to them like desperate pathetic little chickens these people have made you a millionaire because they like watching you ride a surfboard they deserve a little credit i don't think so i don't think so either that's and bullshit like, basically fans this- don't have to watch it if they don't want to dane reynolds puts it out there it's up you know like it's not like dane's putting a gun to my head jp really i i felt offended for dane i was reading this piece going jp you misunderstood Dane entirely, and that's your prerogative. And like, you can critique the film, I suppose, but you're shaming Dane as a human being, and Dane's motives, and Dane's sentiment, and and Dane's like, it was offensive to me to and read. What did, and, remember, and now tell us what Dane said about this, because Dane was pissed. So Dane took to Instagram and basically just. Um, poured his heart out and was like, hey, I put this this video out there and you guys can criticize it or not. But like I got really good feedback and some people have approached me on the beach and said really positive things and some gave me criticism, but it's all good. And then he finished his Instagram post with a big salute with a bunch of middle finger emojis. He said, fuck you to the inertia. To the inertia for publishing the silliest, most ill-informed misinterpretation of a review. Your review left me seething. Whether the film was good or not, what you got out of it was completely skewed. Of course, everyone is entitled to their opinion. And so, in my opinion, your review sucks. Your site sucks. And I'm relieved to never respond to your silly emails again. So, <laughs> that sucks if you're the inertia, you're bummed. Like, well, that was not worth it. Well, then, Zach Weisberg at the inertia posted a follow up piece to Dane's thing. It was oh, like, no. Oh, hey, Dane. Well, this, we should be allowed to have, you know, discourse about our opinions and blah, 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 blah. And it was just so lame. Like, yeah, you can just don't email me. Yeah. The whole thing is silly. But I honestly, my kook of the week is the inertia for even publishing the piece. It, in my estimation, it was pure clickbait. It was like Dane Reynolds 
is going to get clicks. And also chapter 11 has been really the most important film that we've seen this year. So anything we can do to put chapter 11 in the title, let's do that. And here, here's what's better yet. Everybody loves chapter 11. Let's take a contrarian stance on chapter 11 because that'll get the most views out of anything. And it did, but honestly, it made me well, made me never want to click on an inertia article again. Like I've already been over the inertia. We've talked about it on this show. Like it's so clickbaity and so lack of anything important or anything worth my time for the last two years. This was the final blow. This was kind of like, wow, I'm actually offended by what you guys are publishing now. Well, I didn't realize the depth which uh, Chaz and the guys at Beach Grit have a feud with the inertia because Chaz, they just went off on Instagram regarding this. And it was pretty funny. Yeah. But, you know, look, Zach's a friend of mine. I only wish him the best. He's done a, you know, he's he's done well, you know, and um, he's always been sort of uh, controversial. Hey, Zach, honestly, and I've had him on the show, and like I like Zach as an individual. I just I, – I lament to see the direction that the inertia is going. I just sense like that it's there's – Like pandering to the lowest it actually common needs, denominator. Yeah. It needs some sort of editorial filter. Yeah. Like there's – it just seems like his whole thing is, hey, anyone can post any time. Just go ahead and throw it up there. And somebody needs – at some point, I don't know. I guess you would think that you would get some sort of editorial vision that would sort of – monitor there'd be a prism from which everything was looked at things and i'm not sure that exists this is just like throw it up against the wall whatever sticks yeah well part you know their their mission statement on their side is like something that seems really noble i forget what it is and i don't have it in front of me but it's just like oh providing like-minded thinkers with a platform to discuss important topics that involve surfing or whatever but one of their posts recently was just a video of a chick farting underwater (laughs) <laughs> like-minded individual i like literally on that you know what i mean but yeah. it's kind of like well all right dude you can't like whatever, i know right whatever, whatever anyways so my must-see moment is the video of the australian dude punching the kangaroo gnarly did you see it my son showed it to me how gnarly is that it was crazy so gnarly this guy squares up <laughs> it's so his, funny his dog's getting attacked by the kangaroo he runs over to rescue his dog the kangaroo takes one or two last swipes at the dog and then like uh stands up in a boxing stance to fight the dude and the dude just straight up throws a right hook and lands it square on the jaw of the kangaroo <laughs> the kangaroo gets dazed the dog runs free and then the guy just backs off and runs away it was awesome that is insane it was cool. so gnarly that is for sure the duke of the week <laughs> or is that your <laughs> must see moment? moment yeah you gotta see that it's, it's so gnarly and like i know animal rights activists are probably gonna be like that kangaroo has feelings too but the, the kangaroo is gonna Attack, it was attacking the guy's dog. So. This this is a kangaroo safe space. This podcast, so we need to make sure we're clear on that. Um, send, well, send kangaroo steaks to the boardroom show. No, round one of the trials just finished, and heat uh, one, heat one. Excuse me, thank you. And it's quite underwhelming. The winning score was three point five seven. Yeah, Kalani Chapman's getting out of the water. Who? Or no, that's Reef McIntosh. These guys. I don't know. They deserve a little better than this. Yeah. But, we'll discuss yeah. it on our next show. Yeah. If anybody, uh, listeners, by the way, by all means, uh, we would love any denomination of donation, but feel free. Five bucks a month is a small price to pay 
for the amount of work that Scott and I are putting into this. So we'd encourage you to donate to the show. You could do that either on surfsplendorpodcast.com or theboardroomshow.com. Both go into the same bucket. And if uh, we get enough $5 monthly subscribers, we're going to do this show every week, and that's what we're hoping for. So yep. $305 um, a month subscribers. $5 divided by 30. It's like $0.60 cents a day or something like that. Yeah, I like it. I don't even know. Let yeah, me do the simple. math. No, Continue buck twenty-five talk. a show or buck whatever. Yeah. Here I'm going to divide thirty. Um, but by also five. check in. We're it's, yeah, it's sixty cents a day. We're both on social media at that's Surf Splendor. Like, you could, like that's cheaper than Weed Maps. Cheaper than anything. <laughs> cheaper than your Morning Joe. Cheaper than. And please send in your emails. Dave is hello at surfsplendorpodcast.com. Hello at surfsplendorpodcast.com. And you can reach me at Surf Talk San Diego, Surf Talk San Diego at gmail.com. Yeah. So awesome show, Scott. Until next time when we will be talking about the Pipeline Master. By the way, they're going to get some big swell to the end of this week, I think. They're going to have some surf. Yeah. So it might be a bit junky and windy and weird, but there's going to be some, some thumping pipeline. Yeah. All right. Until next time, adios and aloha. Sweet, sultry sounds of Chrissy Hind of The Pretenders. One of my all-time favorite Christmas songs right now in the background, 2,000 Miles. Every single song we've ever played on Surf Splendor is available to listen to and to find if you just were curious. Hey, what song was that in episode number 32? Bang, go to surfsplendorpodcast.com slash music. It's all archived. We also have a Spotify um, account and so we list everything there by episode a friend recently texted me and was like hey dude do you have a Spotify account like you should create a playlist so we do have the account but I think that I will take his advice and just create an actual ongoing playlist with each song that we ever play on this show we'll just add it to the playlist you could just have a Surf Splendor playlist for I don't know your cocktail parties your dinner parties trying to impress somebody bang Surf Splendor that's the music you want to listen to we don't own any of it. We're just big fans of music in general. So that is your gift from me for Christmas. So happy holidays to everyone. Surfsplendorpodcast.com is where you can find everything that we discussed in this show. It's where you can throw us a shekel if you want to donate to the show. And um, that's it. I'm going to stop talking. I think I'm going to take next week off, by the way. It's the holidays, and I have a lot to do. And uh, it's actually about uh, pretty much everybody's in Hawaii. So we're at a point in the year where things are quiet in the surf industry, so not a lot to do. But I'll be back shortly thereafter. I hope that you enjoy the holiday season. I hope that you get out in the ocean and you catch a couple waves. This is David Scales for Surf Splendor signing off saying, enjoy Pipeline and shred on. <laughs>